Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today, I want to talk to you about romanticizing the pain. I know it sounds a little crazy, kind of, and I'm not trying to say that that's what you are if you fit into this category. It's more about identifying a pattern, a sort of victim mentality that we tend to drift into because of our pain and because of our devastation and heartache and everything that comes with the end of a marriage or a long-term relationship. So I want to talk to you about what that is today. And so this came to me, um, I was in the Facebook group and I know I start so many episodes like this, but I was in the group and I was just, uh, again, reading a post. It's a very common um, post about how blindsided she was and how heartbroken she is, right? By this sudden uh, request, if you will, from her partner to divorce. And you know, when we are romanticizing something, which first of all, when we think of romance, we tend to think of the exact opposite. You know, like we are romantic, wanting to be romantic with someone. We want more romance in our lives. Romance being something beautiful and loving and abundant and wonderful. And uh, in this context, it's kind of like that's gone bad and it's being taken to the other side too much, I guess. So I want to get into that with you and uh, thank you for being here with me. As you can see, maybe for those of you who are on video, I'm sitting in a different environment. I'm actually away on holidays as I'm recording this. I was inspired and so I don't have my normal setup. So this episode is going to be a little different. So please bear with me, but I am really excited you are here. And for those of you who are here for the first time, my name is Elizabeth Parsons. I'm the owner and founder of The Separation Club. Um, I'm also a, the divorce mother of four adult sons. I have been remarried for 10 years. I have three stepchildren. They're also adults. So whatever you're going through or about to go through or thinking you might end up going through, you've kind of done it all. So I'm really excited that you're here. This is a safe space for you. Here we talk about all things related to separation, divorce, heartache, and most importantly, moving forward from that pain, moving away from that heartbreak and getting on with our lives and feeling good and happy again, because it is as possible for you and as available to you as it is for me. So as I said today, I wanna to talk about romanticizing the pain. Now, what does that mean even, right? Like you might be thinking, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's okay. I'm going to get into that with you. Um, romanticizing the pain or or heartache, the, by pain, I mean emotional pain. And um, when you're romanticizing your heartbreak, it it tends to, what, what this means is that you're focusing on the intensity of your emotions. You know, viewing um, this pain that you're feeling almost like um, a testament to the depth of your love um, or the significance of this relationship. It's like, it's just the, the, magnitude of it you you want to emphasize it and you want to really put some importance and weight onto what's happening and so it tends to get talked about in in the depth of emotions the depth of despair that's romanticizing so if you think about the happier version of romantic you know what is rom romance is, is someone going out of their way to talk big about love and what they love about you maybe, or creating a big, beautiful moment or something like that, right? So that's romanticizing um, heartbreak. And that's what it essentially is 
it's also important to recognize that romanticizing heartbreak and emotional pain can actually prevent people from moving forward and from fully healing. So that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you about that today, because if you're feeling like this might be you, then let's also, of course, as always, I'm going to be presenting you with some tools to move past this. So people may romanticize um, heartbreak for several reasons. First, heartbreak is often associated with very intense emotions um, and, and a heightened experience. So there's a certain allure or depth of emotion and you know, it kind of like you are this person who can feel this deeply and passionately about someone and that that in itself is seen as romantic or even poetic in some way. Uh, it can be seen as a testament to the depth of your love for this other person or even what once was as a couple, right? So in addition, you know, we definitely see heartbreak being romanticized in things like art and movies and literature and music. Like, you know, there's songs about it. There's paintings about it. There's whole movies based on, you know, that sort of transformational journey that comes from heartbreak. And I, I want you to make a mental note of that, this option or this possibility of transformation that sometimes gets lost if we get stuck in the pain, right? Um, and, you know, as we see it in art and, and poets and whatever we see in the movie, and we're like, yeah, that's me. That's the kind of pain I'm feeling. And you identify with this person in the movie or this experience that's being shown. And, and you notice that people think it's, um, deep and meaningful and, oh, I've never even loved someone enough to feel that way. So suddenly now what I have, you know, see what I'm saying? Like, there's just a bit of, that's romanticizing it. It's making it seem like just you had something really special. Maybe you did. I'm not saying you didn't. Um, but yeah, it's the emphasis on what you had as opposed to the act of moving forward. Now, Heartbreak is one of those things that can be seen as a rite of passage. You know, everybody's going to go through that at some point. Everybody's going to experience a breakup or something like that. And it's kind of a necessary part of life. Um, and the truth is that anything really hard that we go through, whether it is heartache or loss of a job or loss of a friend or loss of a person or a move or something like that, any really um, significant life changes like that, there's an opportunity for personal growth. Uh, in fact, often it is necessary in, in order for us to get past everything. So um, some people really believe that going through this heartache and really living into it can lead to, you know, self-discovery, introspection, and, and this personal development or the self-discovery journey, if you will. And I often talk about self-discovery, and that was very much my journey through my pain, I don't believe I romanticized the pain. Um, in fact, my mom, I remember her telling me not long after, I didn't tell her, by the way, about my split and the affair for months until I could kind of handle it myself. Um, and then I told her about it. And then as, and then, you know, she was checking in on me and as time was not that much time, but as the weeks went by, she was like, you seem very okay, Elizabeth. And I don't think you must've been that in love with him anymore. And you know what? In some ways she was probably right. Um, but the other thing that happened for me is that I was very quick to, to decide to let go of the pain, to, to make the decision that this is over, obviously, like, you know, he's had an affair again and whatever, like my story, but I knew it was over for me. I was done here. I didn't want this anymore. Um, and 
once I kind of got over the worst of like the betrayal and all that sort of the upheaval of those initial emotions, which were huge. But once that was started subsiding, I was very focused on moving away from it all and moving out of it, not not bypassing, not ignoring the pain, not ignoring the healing journey. I went through the whole thing, but it was always with a focus on moving forward and never about living in the past. So sure, I would dip back sometimes, but I was just really good. I was really good at pulling myself forward and keeping my gaze forward and and on the life I was creating for myself and what I was learning about myself and about my growth and my journey home to me, which is what I always call it and all my programs are all about. So anyway, um, it's just, it's important to, to understand that there is this opportunity in the middle of this heartache to grow and and learn and really create a new life for yourself because you will come out of this different or at least the opportunity to come out of this different is great so i want to kind of go through what are some of the signs of romanticizing your emotional pain okay so number one is that you idealize it somehow uh you find yourself sort of glorifying or romanticizing your emotional pain seeing it as um that is somehow noble or a beautiful experience some way again tying it to the art rather than acknowledging that it's really having a negative impact on your on your overall or your emotional anyway well-being right uh, another one is that you're seeking validation through suffering and i mean victim mentality 101 right you believe that the more you suffer emotionally um, the more authentic your experience or relationship was uh, you may view the pain as a way to to prove the intensity of how you're feeling and how devastated you are and the depth of your love, right? So these are the reasons we do this. And this is about, yeah, we kind of want to prove to everyone else that, no, I really, really love this person. Like, you know, we all did once upon a time, right? Okay, number three, holding on to the past. So instead of actively working towards healing and moving forward, you might find that you find comfort in dwelling on the pain. Um, and on the past. And, you know, you do this by sort of continuously kind of replaying memories, talking about them. Like, I'm, I don't mean just replaying them in your mind at night, which we all do, and we did for a while, but it's, it's this additional sort of telling the story, telling the story to anyone who will listen. Um, and also even holding on to mementos. And I wonder how many of you, for example, have held on to your wedding albums. Now, I will say, I was going to get rid of mine. And it is actually my husband that I'm not married to who said, don't. The boys might want that one day. That is the beginning of their life after all, right? The two of us getting together. So I have my old wedding album, but I haven't looked at it in 15 years since I got separated. And I never will look at it. And it's just in a box. And one day, if one of the boys says, Hey, mom, do you happen to have it? I have it. In fact, what I'll probably end up doing is now that they're getting older and getting married themselves is I will give it to one of them to keep because it's just not mine to keep anymore. It's not relevant for me. So anyway, it's just one of those things. Um, okay, so then moving on. Uh, another um, sign that you're romanticizing pain is, is resisting healing and support. And again, I, I experience this a lot in the Facebook group. When somebody reaches out, like they, you know, they're like, I'm really suffering. I'm having a horrible day. I'm in pain. I need some help. I need some advice. And then you offer that or you offer suggestions and they keep shutting you down. Like I keep going, no, that doesn't work for me. Or my situation is different. Or um, they, they just, they want, what they want is the outpouring of support and love 
But what they don't want is to stop feeling this way. And I know that that sounds crazy. And you're probably thinking, of course, we want to stop feeling that. But if you find yourself in kind of um, that this is sounding a bit like you and you're thinking like, but I do want to feel better. I don't want to feel like this. I want you to ask yourself a question and that's what am I giving up if I stop feeling sad and I stop feeling in pain and I start feeling happy and I start feeling good? What am I going to lose? Am I going to lose support or love or attention or friendship? Is is there something that is making it almost beneficial for me to be a victim to this pain, to this thing that's happened in my life? Um, You know, when people start resisting or rejecting opportunities for healing, like, you know, therapy or support groups or even just healthy coping mechanisms, um, it's often because they believe that the pain and the suffering that they're going through is kind of an essential part of their identities. Like these are just the things that happened to me. That's just who I am. Um, I'm just someone, nothing ever works out for me. You know, I'm just one of those people that is just meant to walk through life in pain. People who say things like that, and you know them all, like we all know people like that. And you might've said some of those things yourself. So if that's you, maybe start thinking about why, what is it that causes you to identify with this, this sort of path of pain, if you will. Um, why is it that you think that you are not someone who deserves and, and, is going to receive happiness and joy and love and all of those things in your life moving forward. Right. And again, you know, are you resisting help when it's being offered to you? Are, are people, you know, offering things like you should go to counseling? Oh no, that's not for me. Or, you know, you should really try journaling or meditation. Yeah, I've tried. It doesn't work for me. Like this sort of dismissal of options and, and healing strategies. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's number four. So now moving on to number five is, is that sort of longing for a repeat, meaning um, you sort of develop this almost a desire for a similar emotional pain in future relationships or situations, believing that the only way that you can really, truly love and really like follow your passion and live in a passionate and loving way and be in these relationships that have this big love, there has to be pain. So you might be very attached to the sort of the pain, pleasure, pain, passion cycle that can happen when we go in and out of relationships. So again, watch for that pattern. Now, you know, you might find that one or two of these resonate with you in that you're like, yeah, I might be, I might be uh, doing a bit of that. Uh, Maybe not all five and that's fine. It's just, this is meant to be. Um, a guide in a way like this is meant to be sort of like okay that is happening to me I I have definitely caught myself thinking like that or doing that kind of thing so um, this is an opportunity for you to then you know let yeah to just kind of grow again to use this opportunity to okay I see that I'm doing that write down the ones that you notice you're doing more of and I'm going to give you some tools of course to help kind of break this pattern Um, but I want you to take this opportunity to identify patterns of behavior that are preventing you from growing and moving forward it's really important to be honest with yourself and truthful and 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 take a really hard look at yourself and what am I doing to help myself heal and what am I doing that's preventing my healing. Um, there's so much to learn about yourself and about the journey ahead 
in those questions. And these are questions I ask myself all the time when I was going through it. I ask my clients these questions all the time. And I want you to ask yourself these questions. Um, it's, a, it's so important to recognize the signs that apply to you and consider the impact that they're having on your overall well-being, not just in with regards to this relationship that has ended, but also uh, how are you relating to your family, your children, your friends, your work, co-workers as a result of this? You know, are you, yeah, you know, you, you could be wearing this pain every day. And as soon as you walk in, people just feel it coming off you. Just, oh, here's the sad person, right? So it's just, it, it has an impact on everyone. Same as when you heal and you learn about yourself and you move forward and you are feeling lighter and brighter, that also has a ripple effect and has an impact on everybody that you deal with on a daily and a regular basis. So, okay. Now, stopping the romanticizing, I don't know, sorry, of emotional pain can be very challenging, of course. And because what you're feeling feels so real and so, so painful, but it is, you know, it's really important to start taking steps um, towards feeling well, emotionally, feeling healed, feeling peaceful, feeling worthy of love and happiness and joy and all of those things. So here are some strategies that uh, I want to to share with you to help you with this process, okay? So if you are not driving and you're at home, maybe this is time to grab a pen and paper, which if you don't already have one from writing down other notes, but now is definitely time to start writing down some strategies. So number one, I want you to acknowledge the negative effects of what you're doing or what you're thinking, the, the impact of these thoughts and the state of mind that you're in. Identify the romanticized stories and the beliefs that you hold about emotional pain and question if they're valid. Like ask yourself, is that valid? Is that true? Um, and challenge them like these thoughts with alternatives. Like if you realize, oh, I've been believing this and it's no, it's not true. What's the other side? What's the flip side of that? What's the opposite? What could you believe instead? Um, it's, um, you know, find a more uh, understanding that the pain, and the suffering are not, you know, prerequisites, for example, for for. Um, a meaningful experience. Maybe you think that, you know, one of the points I mentioned earlier that, you know, people who have really passionate affairs and the passionate relationships and that have huge love in them, you're going to feel huge pain. Well, maybe that's not true. Maybe it's not, you know, pain and suffering is not a prerequisite to have this big meaningful experience or love in the future. So just kind of take a look at your belief patterns around love and passion and deep love and things like that. Okay. Number two, practice self-compassion. This is so important. I think I might've done a whole episode on this once in the early days, but be gentle and kind with yourself. Okay. Understand that healing and growth involve self-care, self-love, patience, compassion, um, treat yourself with the same care and understanding that you would to a dear friend? What would you say to someone who's going through this, who you love and care about? Well, how about you turn around and say that to yourself? Self-compassion is being able to almost like sit down beside yourself and say, it's okay that you're in pain today. And let's just sit with that for a minute. And then we'll decide 
what we're going to do to feel better later or tomorrow, right? Just like, okay, this is happening right now. That's okay. And then let's move on. Not, we're just going to be in pain. This is, this is, this is just who I am, right? No, you're not. It's just something you're feeling. So treat yourself with the same love and kindness and compassion that you would show your best friends. Okay. Number three, get help, seek support from someone who knows. Now, definitely surround yourself with family and friends and and people who can be there to support you and answer your call when you're feeling down or struggling, but also work with professionals, whether it is a therapist, a counselor, a coach, or all of those things, speak with someone who can help you move forward, who's giving you strategies, by the way, who's actually guiding you forward and giving you tools so you can cope every single day, so you can pull yourself out of those moments when you feel really awful. Um, therapy and counseling can be really helpful in challenging um, romanticized notions about what relationships are supposed to be about. Coaching, for example, would be incredibly helpful in the strategies to move forward, to get out of that. So they have different purposes. And in fact, I think in the best case scenario, if it's available to you, do both. All right. Next piece of advice, focus on personal growth. Shift your focus towards personal development and positive experiences. Be around positive people, people who are uplifting and who are are, are living lives that mimic kind of what you want in a way. It's not about being jealous or wanting what someone else has, but it's surrounding yourself with people and experiences and things that that move you in that direction instead of people who just want to hear the gossip and the story. So you're just sitting there reliving that story, which is what you've been doing and which is why we're talking here, right? So really engage in activities that bring you joy and explore new hobbies and new things to do. Maybe go on a trip or invest in um, a new hobby or something where you can meet new people and that are completely separate from this romanticized pain that you have been kind of living in. Um, when we choose to step away from the familiar and painful and step into something new, it can feel very challenging, but it also, it really detaches you from the past because these two things were never connected before. So now you're having these new experiences with new people potentially, and it allows you to feel good. And I just want to say as a side note here, when you feel joy, like maybe you were crying and sobbing buckets of tears yesterday, and then today you're going out and doing something fun. There's sometimes there's guilt attached to that. It's like, how can I be feeling good? Like I felt like crap yesterday and now I feel good. Does that mean I didn't feel anything? Does that mean I didn't really love my ex? No, it doesn't mean that. But you you want to feel better. Your body wants to feel better. Your, your heart, your soul you wants you to feel better. So it's embracing these new activities. Allow that to happen. Do not fight it. If you notice yourself fighting it or feeling guilty about it, that's also something you really want to work through with a professional. Okay. All right. So there's two more I want to go through with you. Um, one is embracing healthy coping mechanisms. So instead of dwelling on the pain, like we've talked about, seek healthy mecha coping mechanisms like mindfulness, for example, meditation, journaling, exercise, um, creative outlets. It could even be focusing on your nutrition, focusing on um, exercise, uh, focusing on your friends, maybe going and helping someone move, like something completely separate from you. But now you're doing something good for someone else. So it's, it's just 
it's a healthy way to cope with something that feels negative and just kind of instead of dwelling on that going and deliberately choosing to do things that allow the space and the mindset to elevate into something better for you, something more joyful and happy and balanced. So, um, yeah, like I said, like, I mean, I'm sure you've been told, oh, you should journal, you should meditate, you should, well, you should (laughs) at least try it more than once. Okay. Last one, set boundaries establish boundaries. And we always think of boundaries as other people, but here I want to talk about establishing boundaries with yourself. Okay. And others as well, of course, but I want you to establish boundaries with yourself, first of all, to prevent this sort of glorification of this pain. And then you're going to set them with other people. So that might sound like something, you know what, I need to stop talking about this because it's making me like just relive the pain. So can we talk about something else? That's a healthy boundary to give to your friend. Like they might call you and go, hey, how are you doing? And did you sleep okay? And oh, you know, that asshole, like, I can't believe this or that. And suddenly you're sucked back into it. You can just go, whoa, I can ask you to stop. I'm actually feeling kind of good today. And I don't want to talk about it. I just, I need to start talking about it less. Just a simple, friendly boundary. And your friend is going to go, oh, no problem. Let's talk about something else, right? Um, Learn to recognize when certain thoughts and conversations and relationships are perpetuating this romanticization, I hope I said that right, (laughs) of emotional pain, and then consciously redirect um, your attention towards something that's healthier and a different perspective and more uplifting and more positive and just different. Okay. So ah, as I wrap this up for you today, I I had a couple of things I just want to say, it's almost like a disclaimer, but I want to say, I understand that you're in pain and I know it's not easy. And I know this isn't, this work isn't done in a day, but when I introduce these healing journeys to you and it's to help you understand where you're at because that's such a big thing. So much learning. Now you know where you're at. It's like, oh, I can, I can recognize those. I know I do that. It's like, okay, good. Now you have some tool. Now you have some like, okay, I need to work on this. I need to work on this. And I've given you some tools to do that. Start with the ones that feel easy. Don't try to do all of them at once. Start with the ones that feel easy. Maybe once you've already been doing, but make sure they're working. Oh, that makes me feel better. I'm going to keep doing that until it doesn't work anymore and I'll try something else also be willing to try new things okay maybe you've been journaling for a while but you haven't tried meditating try it maybe you've been with a therapist for a long time and it really isn't helping anymore maybe you need a new therapist or maybe you need to switch to a coach to get a different experience or maybe you need to get into a um, self-development sort of program or any number of things maybe maybe you need to jump into onto the separation club website and check out our retreats and courses and memberships there is so much there for you to help guide you forward maybe you need to listen to some more of my podcast episodes i don't know but either way what i'm inviting you to do is just really sit back listen to what you've heard today think about the things you've heard today maybe re-listen to this episode and then ask yourself yeah i think i'm i'm definitely stuck on one or two of those things I'm going to try some of the things that Elizabeth suggested to feel better. Because if you don't want to try, if you refuse to try or just avoid it, it might even be a conscious decision, you just don't do it. Well, that was one of the things I talked about is that this sort of resistance to receive help. You tell me you want to feel better and I believe you. So I'm asking you to take action on it. 
And one of those actions, by the way, was listening to this podcast today. And I am so grateful for your time here with me. Thank you for listening in again. I wish you the most beautiful day. And I look forward to talking to you again next week.